What's up, Lions of Liberty fans? You can now support this show on Patreon and get exclusive access to bonus audio and video content, including Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, bonus segments with guests, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash lionsofliberty. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. All right, everybody, welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 97. And uh, that means you can find all the show notes, which uh, there'll be limited show notes for this episode. It's going to be talking with a, uh, a fellow Liberty lover, a man who I give credit to uh, bringing me full on to ANCAP uh, and anarchism from my minarchist positioning. And uh, I'll, I'll say his name in just a second. But first, I do want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor. Guys, I know you're looking at the election results coming in. I know we, we don't know what's going to happen yet. That's the topic of our show today. We're, we're going to record this during the election results coming in. But should the liberals lose, you're going to want to have your guns handy. And of course, to make guns work, you need ammunition. So I want you to go to ammo.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. That's where you can get a special coupon code. If you spend $200 or more, you get $20 off. And best part, you get to choose to give a donation to a pro-liberty group of your choice right on their website. Yes, 1% of every purchase goes to groups that support libertarian causes. And by the way, these guys are libertarians. The reason they wanted to support our show is because they see the world through our eyes. And they not only walk the walk, they talk the talk through their newsletters, through bylines on their website, etc. So again, ammo.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. Okay, let's get into this episode. I teased him. Just like, I can't tease my hair, you tease yours probably, but uh, you know him, you love him from the Part of the Problem podcast and from his many uh, appearances across the cable news spectrum, the one and only Dave Smith. Hey, what's up, Brian? It's good to be here, man. I'm happy to be back with you. I love your show and a big fan of the Lions of Liberty. Well, we are big fans of yours as well, as you know, and I actually, you know, we had a chance to hang out in person, which was great, out here in LA at the uh, Liberty on the Rocks event, and we just had another one uh, this past Sunday, and it was like Michael Bolden, of course, was there, our uh, champion of uh, the 10th Amendment Center and uh, general. I don't even know. How would you describe Michael Bolden? He owns two parrots. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to say bird trainer or something. I don't know. I'm not bird, sure. Generic bird weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was there talking, and uh, Stapleton was there, Jason Stapleton. Okay, I hope Mance Raider wasn't there. No, Mance Raider was not there. How about that? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to get into that. We have other things to talk about. But my God, staying out of it. <laughs> that's basically what I said. I'm like, why? Well, I, I don't want to get in the middle of this. You know, it's like I, I like Jason. I like Mance. I, you know, I, I don't think libertarians should be attacking other libertarians in general. There's not enough of us out there to attack. So why, uh, you know? But whatever. I'm, I'm staying out of it. <laughs> they can deal with that shit on their own. But, uh, but yeah, man. So it's it's election eve. And, you know, you've got the live results there. You're watching MB- MSNBC, uh, mm-hmm. glutton for punishment. But I guess, yes. I guess you know, if they're going to tell you they're going to skew it as liberal as they possibly can. So, you know, if there's any sort of tight races, the Republican actually probably would win there, right? Well, I, I, I've been watching MSNBC all day. And I'll tell you, the, the best time to watch MSNBC is an election day. Uh, like if you watched MSNBC in 2016, that might be my favorite moment in the last oh. 10 years. Like it was just, <laughs> it was unbelievable. It's, there is something, th- there's a weird dynamic where in the, um, in like the conservative right wing worldview versus the left wing worldview where like, if you watch Fox news, I'm not saying obviously Fox news leans toward the Republicans, MSNBC leans toward the Democrats, but Fox news feels this, uh, pressure to pretend that they don't. Yeah. Whereas MSNBC, it's just like blatant, obvious. They're like, we're all in for this. Yeah. If the Democrats win, it's hope and brightness and everything's good. And if the Republicans win, we're screwed. Right. And I, I must say, as I watch it, I do. And, and I don't really have a dog in the, I'm like you, you know, we're, we're losers no matter what happens tonight. Well, I, I have a dog in the race, but not for political reasons, just for schadenfreude. Because, you know, yes. like you're talking about 2016, watching MSNBC or any of these. I just, you know, you say this a lot on your podcast, and I say it on mine too. The Democrats put me so often in a position 
where I have to defend Donald Trump. And you referenced, uh, you know, Lou Perez, uh, mm-hmm. who's I love Lou and I love We the Internet. You know, I've had him on the show several times, love him. And uh, I know he did that whole great video about so great. Explaining, you know, okay, well, no, you're not quite, Trump isn't a Nazi. He's not going to do this. You know, just trying to take that neutral position and you get attacked. And it puts, it puts you in a position of having to defend Donald Trump, which is not enviable, nor would you seek it out at any other time. But, you know, when, when everybody was so confident that Hillary Clinton was going to win, and then to see the supporters openly weeping in the crowd and just, it gave me such joy that I, I have to root for it again. And I, I, I mean, even though I don't want the Republicans to have this stranglehold, uh, I just want to see that happen. Again. Yeah. It, it's like, um, right. Like we, we lose no matter what. So yeah. why not at least see that great moment? And this would, and I, and I think, you know, like there's an argument. I don't know. I, I, I hear all the different arguments around. Like there's an argument for divided government is kind of the best because it kind of moves the slowest. I mean, yeah. I would certainly agree that the worst, the worst the government has been in my lifetime was when George Bush and the Republicans had complete control. George W. Bush in mm-hmm. right after 2001, when he had the House and the Senate and the executive office. And then when Obama came in like the first two years of Obama's term when it was Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House and Obama as president. So, okay, fair enough. But if I look at the current political dynamic, it's kind of like, well, I don't know. If the Democrats were to lose big in this one, they are shattered as a party. And I think that might be the best thing for America. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely considering how they're pushing so far left, how you're seeing the progressives embrace social. I mean, this is America. We're talking about socialism. An ideology that has killed millions that we're seeing play out in these foreign countries. And that's where you look at Brazil, and I'm going to mess his name up, Bolasaro, something, mm-hmm. whatever. It's the, the new president they elected. I mean, the guy is considered a savior in a way for these people, despite being a military man who's a, you know, anti-homosexuals and has all sorts of questionable stances. But he's coming in and he's saying, look, if there's one thing I can promise you, I'm going to crack down on the crime because Brazil is dangerous as hell. You know, you're getting kidnapped everywhere. And no socialism. I mean, that was basically it. This right. was, a, a, you know, the Brazilians had a referendum on socialism. Yet as Americans, we're, in, we're seeing the Democrats embrace it. So, yeah, if they, can, if they get slapped in the face, maybe it'll bring them back a little bit to reality. You know, maybe yeah. it'll shake them out of this whole. I mean, it's like I was making fun of Alexia or Alexa Ocasio-Cortez the other day because she tweeted something like, the system as it exists right now isn't sustainable. And I'm thinking, how the fuck is adding $4 trillion in socialist programs going to make it any more sustainable? You know, right. so, yeah, it's like you're saying, it, you know, seeing that get torn down it would be fantastic. And, and I've almost like, you know, I don't know, but I'm almost at a point where like, I'll, I'll take some like super left-wing people as long as they, were, if, as long as they have some decent, you know, like, how is it, that were in the longest wars in American history yeah. and nobody on the left seems to care about it. And I don't, I, I, okay. I, it's a little hyperbolic. I'm not saying nobody cares about it, but I mean, come on, man. It's not anywhere on the top of like most lefties uh, um, list of priorities. Well, we got to so, sure that those, those children in Yemen that are starving to death, we got to staple some dicks to those girls, turn them into right. genders and then they'll start giving a shit. It's, it's amazing though, because it's like you, they, they're so, you know, it, it, it's like the feminists and, and people like that, like it's so about like the the struggle of women in America yeah. or the struggle of minorities or even like you're saying, like transgender people in America. But no, because there's no sense of proportion. It's like, OK, yeah, whatever. Maybe there's some bad problems there. But how about the people of Yemen? How about the poorest country in the Middle East where they're starving to death? Or there's basically a genocide going on. It's crazy that, you know, I was getting in a, a, like a Twitter argument the other day with, um, with one of my friends who I went to high school with. And um, he's like a left-wing guy. And someone tweeted that uh, basically they were like, Obama, you know, Obama's scandals were like wearing a tan suit. But President Trump's scandals are separating families from their, their you know, parents. And I, I tweeted back. I said, Obama murdered American citizens. He had a secret kill list, <laughs> and there was virtually no coverage. And so, me and this this well, left guy also was separating kids at the border. It's like this right, new. right, and even that, and even the same thing. But but I tweeted this, and then I'm getting in an argument with this guy who's who's like a left wing guy who, who I went to high school with, a good dude, you know. Um, but he's a, and he was like, 
well, I, I, I agree with you on the merits of, of the drone program. And I said, so you agree Obama should be in jail for war crimes? He said, well, I don't agree with the jail part, but I agree with the merits. Of, it's like saying you agree with the merits of murder, <laughs> but you don't think people should go to jail who murder people. Like, so we don't really agree. And it's weird when it, it reminds me of what Scott Horton always says, where he's like, we're better liberals than the liberals. Yeah. And it is like, it's like I'm sitting here telling you it's not okay to just murder brown people in Yemen because you decided to and you're you're going like well it was obama who did it blah blah it's like come on man like now that it's trump i really i had hope for the left after trump won i was like well maybe now that it's trump and it's not obama you could be against the war in yemen but doesn't really seem like that ever came true no absolutely not it's just you know it's that empirist empirically thing like it's my guy and if it's my guy i don't care because he's my guy and if it's your guy then i start to care again type of thing and right. But but the thing with the with the Trump dynamic there, right, is that no matter what Trump does in Yemen, they won't because Obama started it. So it's right on what you're right. saying. It's yeah, that it's my guy. So they can't. Bring, now, if Trump were to start a whole new war, I do think they would be against that one. That's why they were able to be against George W. Bush, because mm-hmm. it was like he started these wars. But if there's anything that it, that that indicts Obama, too, at least that's that's my guess on it I, I don't see any other reason why the people who yeah. hate him so much wouldn't look at that yeah no i agree man well let me ask you this just getting back to um the electoral topic at hand i want to ask you a couple things did you vote i presume no. not <laughs> no i didn't i mean really I, you live in new york city i live in los angeles there's not much point to it even if, and, and usually i do vote i you know i uh like I said, I've been booed for this many times, telling people they should vote. But I always use Ron Paul as the example. I said, look, Ron fucking Paul inspired me to be here, inspired you. Said, so, you know, he was in government. There's one argument for, for getting into government, getting involved. But that being said, in L.A., you know, there's no point. It's all it's all a bunch of mongos. They're going to vote the way they're going to vote. And, you know, there were a couple things that were on the ballots, which I would have liked to vote no on. Uh, but I just moved. So I was too lazy to register and go to another place. But mm-hmm. it was like, you know, a gas tax. Uh, they want to extend a proposition that would uh, that would allow pretty much unilateral rent controls on any new buildings, which is just insane. And uh, and then the other thing they want to do was oh, I'm blanking on it, but anyway. So no, you didn't vote. You didn't get a voter sticker. And uh, no. have by extension, have you been able to go on social media today, or is it too maddening to see all these goddamn selfie stickers on all of these people that did vote? I, I went on social media at one point to uh, just to tweet that my uh, my boy Louis J Gomez is doing a show in Boston. So that's the, I just wanted just to a let drive by tweeting, yeah. Try to help him sell a few more tickets. I I'm staying away from the whole thing. But look, what you said about voting for Ron Paul, it's th- that doesn't prove to me whether or not it's it's a worthwhile look. If Ron Paul asked me to walk to Texas and high five him and walk back, I would do it because Ron Paul asked me to do it. Right. So whatever Ron Paul, the greatest human being on the planet, wants me to do, I would do. And somebody and and I did say when I had Larry Sharp on my podcast that I was going to vote for him. Um, <laughs> but you know, goddamn liar! <laughs> I got a baby on the way. We had some things we had to do today. It just it just didn't end up happening. But I, a selfie I, though, you know, you slap a baby on Mama's belly, you got yourself a meme. Well, the baby's still in mommy's belly. So, you know, it's it, the meme doesn't work quite yet. I don't know. I, I liked some of the stuff he was doing. I, yeah. I had him on and, and I wanted to, like, give him my support. I went in and uh, uh, performed for free at a benefit uh, for his. I didn't actually – they gave me money, but I donated it to the to the campaign. But I, I was happy to do that. Lou Perez was on that uh, gig as well. Oh. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, and it was a lot of fun. But, you know, like, I like, I like some people who are doing libertarian things. It's just, to me – I don't know. It just didn't. It seemed like more more effort than it was worth, and uh, I'm just so disgusted by the whole process. And like, I'm in a similar situation to you. Like being in New York, it's just it it doesn't it means nothing. It's just a lot of aggravation. Like I got to get mm-hmm. my ass to the polls, stand around with a bunch of assholes that I'm not going to enjoy uh, my time with, and then hike my ass back home. But talking yeah. about Larry Sharp, though, you know, we saw deplatforming of like Liberty Memes got deplatformed, um, yeah. Free Thought Project got deplatformed, you know, a lot of these anti-police pushback sites got deplatformed. And Larry Sharp got his website or has got his uh, Facebook profile shut down the night before the election. And that just, I mean, and that blew my fucking mind because I can see, okay, you know, Facebook's pushing back on some of these, these websites, what they say are altering content. I don't approve of it, but whatever. They're a, a private company, right? So we always say. But when you see 
voices like Larry Sharp get shut down the night before an election, that's where you really open your eyes and you say, this is complete and total horseshit. And then I read a story saying that, you know, from Ars Technica, saying that this was directed by the FBI. Like all these, you know, they shut down some like 100 whatever websites or uh, Facebook profiles directed by the FBI. So at yeah. that point, and I raised this question before, what do you think about that? Does Facebook have the entitlement to say we're a private entity now, or does it become a First Amendment issue because the fucking government is the one telling them to shut these websites down that are just politicians? Well, I mean, if you're asking, like, to me, it's like if you're asking what the policy is or, or what you should support, then it's like, okay, but what I would be against is the government telling them to do that or the government having any involvement in that. And technically, no, I mean, right, like, I'm, I'm not supporting a law that says Facebook can't do that. It's not a First Amendment issue. Is it a free speech issue? That's a little bit more, you know, that, that's kind of debatable. But, I, but the problem is that the state is wrapped up in these organizations. Right. But- I, I think what we should be clear about is what's going on here. And lib- it, it's like if, um, if, uh, if, if uh, from a libertarian perspective, somebody is advocating socialism and you're like, okay, well, they have a right to do that. I mean, that's their First Amendment right. It's like, okay, maybe, but let's be clear about what's going on here. This is our enemy and don't, don't you know, like misunderstand it. So what's going on here is that, and you got to think about this, right? Really... The internet and social media as we know it has not been around for a very long time. This is a new phenomenon. So in 2008, a little bit of the internet existed. In 2012, a little bit more of it. 2016 was the first social media election where the guy who became president was just tweeting directly out at people and driving the news cycle with his tweets. Now, 2008, 2012, who was the candidate who dominated the internet? Yeah, Ron, Ron Paul, yeah. the greatest candidate who's ever run for president. For money bombs, man. People yes. Use that same technique today. Was breaking records. I mean, like, you know, this has kind of been buried, but people like me and you remember this stuff. And so that was the guy, right? And, and this was something they were a little bit concerned about, but it wasn't enough to be, you know, to like tip the, the, the scale. Yeah. But come to, you know, when 2016, it was a whole different world. And, and the people in the mainstream media, they lost their grip. We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. Those epic words from Archilochus can sum up your ability to succeed or fail in business. I want to recommend Conversation Mat Time to our listeners as a way to hone your one-on-one conversation skills in a role-playing session that can help take you to the next level. During 25-minute sessions, you'll work through the best way to approach that raise, that interview, or that relationship with a practice professional that will provide the confidence and experience you need to get paid what you're worth or take that interpersonal risk you've never been able to conquer. Just like in jiu-jitsu, the difference between a novice and a black belt is mat time train to win visit conversationmattime.com and take advantage of a free 15-minute consultation just for listeners of this show the internet effect was at first that ron paul was getting all of this traction and and then you you know you have this uh, this dynamic where whether it's like joe rogan or ben shapiro or dave rubin or alex jones Mm -hmm. these guys have huge huge internet followings but like ginormous way bigger than a lot of the big shows on cnn and msnbc and oh, yeah. stuff like that and so it's it's like they they see this happening and you could see back then in 2008 2012 after the ron paul campaigns this is when they started making moves to try to regulate the internet you had these bills that failed the sopa and pipa and these other things that like failed but they were they were trying to regulate the internet and then, you know, the, uh, eventually net neutrality did come in and they got the, you know, the, the FCC got their foot in the door. They, they were kind of pushed back now. But they, this is just the next step in trying to shut that down. And if you, you know, uh, come on, man, it's like the Trump-Russia investigation. Like, oh, yeah. let's be honest, it had nothing to do with what they claim it has to do with. The, the Internet stuff is not about hate speech. It's not about fake news. It's about regaining control of the narrative. They're not going to give this thing up without a fight. Yeah, without a doubt. And I'm actually seeing for the midterms now, I, I didn't read the article and I wish I had at least looked into it, but just touching on this, I saw some other article saying, well, the Russians are using different tactics for the midterms. Just like, what's a fucking different tactic are they using? Are they tweeting rather than buying Facebook ads for a hundred dollars? Right. And it's like, and I, I mean, I was talking to coworkers today 
And they're still talking about Russia, saying, oh, Trump was helped by Russia. Why? Why are we still talking about this? You know, and that's one thing I'm shocked. Like, they've dropped a lot of it. You know, we're seeing nobody's saying a peep about Kavanaugh anymore. You know, the Democrats, once he was in there, they gave that up. Doesn't help that the two, uh, two out of the three women now have been exposed as, as complete frauds making shit up. But why is, why is the Russia thing continuing to go on? There's no evidence. Mueller's still just kind of shoveling coal in the fucking mines. I don't see anything coming out of that. They can't let it go. And it's like, I mean, in your opinion, has Russia, is Russia having any impact on Democrats anymore in the races right now? And what do you think about the Kavanaugh thing? Did that drive Republicans more than anything else in the run-up to the midterms or no? I, I think, I mean, I don't know, but there, there seemed to be some, some polling that suggested that it got Republicans more excited because I think there, there's a weird thing now where, and this is kind of just the state of America in 2018, the whole system isn't working the way it used to. It's not working the way it's supposed to. And even when they were like, you know, tarring this guy in, in the press, it was like, it, a lot of people could just see through it right away. Yeah. So you've, you know, right now, the problem is that they don't report on it the way they should, which is that for that whole circus, like you just pointed out, two of the three people, just one of them admitted it was wrong. The other yeah. one was so obviously full of shit the whole time that you <laughs> yeah, should have just seen The, the one was saying she was gang raped or, she, or there were gang no, rape parties. You know, she, uh, went, she went to like nine gang rape parties and then on the 10th one, she got gang raped, but nobody else except her remembers these gang rape that parties. That was the bingo on the bingo card, you know. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, it's, th this was all so ridiculous. So what you really had was one woman claiming from a recovered memory yeah. that she doesn't know the date. She thinks she knows the year now. She can't tell you where it happened. She doesn't know how she got there. Doesn't know how she left. Uh, but None she, of her friends corroborate it. They, no, her, no one else corroborates it. Says she doesn't know Kavanaugh never was there. <laughs> so it's like, come on, man, this is a joke. Yeah. And with, with the Trump-Russia thing, but it really is. It's like, it's some Goebbels shit, <laughs> man. It's like, you just repeat this lie over yeah. and over again and people believe it. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's the issue that drives me nuts with the media right now. And like, I pulled up a couple of uh, of recent tweets that came out, like USA Today and the AP. And, and you know, these are USA Today is one. You know, it's like just like CNN. It's at every fucking airport, so it right. gets a big readership. But I brought up these two things. One was the AP, and I retweeted this uh, on my on my Twitter feed. The Associated Press says, for voters across America, Election Day represents something far greater than whatever Senate and House races appear on ballots. Okay, fine. That's straightforward. Then it says, it's a competition for the soul of America and a referendum on President Donald Trump with a big picture of a guy, an old man who looks like Orville fucking Redenbacher, holding up a defeat Republicans 2008 side or 2018 side. Right? A little bit biased there. And then the other one is USA Today, their editorial board literally wrote an op-ed saying you got to get Donald Trump's lap dogs out of office. So you go, these are the fucking, these are the media outlets that are reporting on this shit. I mean, there's no, there's no reason for them to, to recant anything because they're clearly biased. And like you're saying, they report the headline and then nobody ever reports the retraction. You know, that the right. retraction should be equally weighted. That should be front page news, but it never is. It's always buried in the back of the paper. And, you know, I do public relations for a living. I know how it works because I've had to try to get some corrections made. You know, it's a, a footnote at the end of somebody's you know, corrections column. Yeah, I mean, done. yeah, if you ask if you ask people to this day about the Duke lacrosse team, I, I, I bet about 50 percent of them would say they were rapists. Like, yep. isn't that the thing? That's what I remember is that they raped. Right. Isn't that what happened? It's like, oh, no, it's that they were a bunch of innocent kids who got, you know, framed, essentially. Yeah. And, you know, with the Trump thing, it's like at least there, there's a weird dynamic where like with the Internet news. It seems like with, with the people like even like people like me and you, like who are just like online who talk about politics and these issues, it doesn't seem like anybody, nobody's ever like pretending that they don't have a point of view, that they don't have a thing. And, and I think it's becoming more and more obvious that it's like, I, I don't even care, man, like have, have whatever point of view you have. But these, these organizations who claim to be objective, yeah. it's like, it's so obvious that they're just, you know, to, to people, anybody who's not completely in the I hate Donald Trump camp, you yeah. know, to anyone else, it's obvious. You guys are just trying to bring this guy down. Now, maybe that's the right thing to do. Maybe it's not the right thing to do, but it's, you should at least be honest about it. Exactly. It's that it's like, you know, is it the media's place to rile people up a anyway? You know, it's like the reason you report the facts is so you don't get people riled up. You don't cause violence and murder. And there's a, a huge argument to be made that the violence that comes out of 
rhetoric on either side that's magnified and amplified by the media so many times over is more responsible for the violence that we see playing out than the actual statements themselves. I mean, we saw sure. the, you know, the Pittsburgh shooting, horrific, you know, it, the, what, the biggest uh, killing of, of Jews in America since I don't even know when. Um, so you see something like that and you say, okay, this is horrific. But you wonder why is it happening now, number one? And, and also you see that this, you know, they, they whip up this vitriol about it where you say, okay, now we have to push back now, you know, and that's going to rile up the other side. So it's like, it's just continually amplifying both sides against each other and delivering a message, which is number one, completely been uh, altered and biased, according to the media outlet. And number two is bounded in at a half, maybe a half truth at best. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it starts to, you know, you would think for all of the um, the hatred of Donald Trump and all of the, the feelings that like, this is the worst it's been, this is different than everything else. And it kind of begs the question like, okay, but why? Like, what is it about Donald Trump that's so bad? It's like, now I get it. I get that he's not, I don't know, presidential. I know that's what they say, but I get that. I, I get the point. Can I just say something about that, by the way? I can't stand when people go off on Donald Trump not being presidential and how they want their president to really embody them. And, you know, I don't want him speaking for me. Like, tell these people, well, he doesn't speak for you. You're, right. a, you're a fucking individual. Why would you ever consider a president an extension of yourself in any way, shape, or form anyway? Like, you need to wake yeah. up. You need to get out of that mental state where you're viewing the president as a representative of you. But it's like the idea that he's like, um, he's racist or yeah. like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I kind of get misogynist more than, than racist, to be honest, because I don't really see him saying anything. You know, you're rich. Sometimes you want to bang prostitutes that are playmates. Yes. That, well, that, that <laughs> is not be the first to throw stones in this glass. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, that's, you know, it's like, okay. But then those playmates also seem to want to bang this rich guy. So there's, there's that go aspect. Bigger. Yeah. Go um, but it, it, it is interesting that, um, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's really a, a clear good reason for why this guy should invoke so much hatred. I mean, really, the fun, it's interesting because, you know, what, what the left forever, since I've been alive, what their, their critique always was of the right and why the right wing is dangerous is it was like, well, they're like these religious nuts and they, you know, they, they want to get in, in the bedroom and they hate yeah. gay people and they, all these other things. And, Donald Trump is like this New York guy. He's he's the first president who ever came in who was uh, for gay marriage on yeah. day one. Yeah. He uh, he's he's a, he's an anti free trader, which they should like. I mean, they, now all of a sudden they hate him for that, but they should like this. Um, I don't like it. You don't like it, but they should. Yeah. And um, he's you know he's basically like kind of was was at least more anti war, critical of the wars than these other guys, critical of the elites. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just. It doesn't seem like they should hate him, but you have these guys like just recently when Barbara Streisand was on Bill Maher's show, and this is just the latest example. It's happened on The View and all these shows where they go, oh, we miss, we miss George W. Bush. That, because, I saw that before, yeah. In what world do you miss a, a man that they openly despised? They mocked for being an idiot, which I agree with, he was. And, 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 and let's not forget, you know, when George W. Bush ran initially, he ran on a platform which I actually could get behind, which was yeah. anti-empiricism, Right. Uh, free trade. You know, it's like he, he said all the things that you'd want to hear as a libertarian. And this is, of course, before I was even a libertarian. But right. yeah, then you see him get in office and just, I mean, roll back all, the, all our liberties, put forth the Patriot Act, uh, start wars in countries that, that didn't do anything to us. And of course, continue to be friends with the Saudis, who were the ones that, that backed the 9-11 attacks anyway. So yeah, to right. your point, why would you ever want that man back? And how, how in what world has Trump possibly position himself to evoke that hatred. I mean, you're, you're definitely dead on point. Yeah. I just, I, I can't, I don't know, man, I can't get over it. It's like there, there is just nothing worse that a pre- look, the president is the dictator of the military, right? Like he's the commander in chief. It's the, we have all these checks and balances supposedly, but when it comes to the fucking military, that's it. The president is the dictator. And there is nothing worse a president can do than start a war that we shouldn't have been in. Like, that's it. And the, the result of them, just the, the ones from Bush and Obama, 
is destroyed countries. I mean, look, you know, people talk about the, you know, it's like debated. It's somewhere between like a couple hundred thousand and a million people that died in Iraq after George W. Bush started that war. That's but, it? That's yeah, seems, but that seems drastically low considering the- uh, Well, I mean, if you look at the, the amount of people's lives that have been ruined, it's, it's in the tens of millions. I mean, but, and, and what Obama did was continue the wars and, and then start a new war in Libya, a new war in Syria, a new war in Yemen. At least Trump hasn't started a new war yet. I well, mean, you know, you would, I think you might have said this, and I know I've said this in the past, um, and, and I, I've thought about it, and I think it's true. As of right now, as of today, I would say that Donald Trump is actually the most libertarian president of my lifetime, personally, of my lifetime. Yeah. Um, and, and it's ridiculous to say, but in the same, it's also ridiculous how atrocious the presidents we've had are. I mean, he, like you said, he hasn't, amplified he's he's done he's put some more troops into i think afghanistan which i'm not for at all um but he hasn't really acerbated any of the other wars he hasn't started any new wars he at least has cut taxes down now the tariff shit is horrible obviously but again it's like he seems to be moving at least in a direction where there's certain things i can defend about him and when i think about george w bush when i think about obama i can't think of anything other than at the end of his tenure Obama said, okay, I'm not going to crack down on pot, you know, as much as people uh, want me to. And that was about it. Otherwise, he was just atrocious, as was Bush. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you. Of course, it's like saying, you know, who is the most peaceful, like, uh, head of a mafia family or something like that. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, they're all bad. And in some ways, Trump is presiding over the most powerful government. Um, so it's, it's, you know, because every president kind of has grown the size and scope of the state. And he so, did add to the military budget as well. So he's now like the largest military that we've ever had. Uh, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it depends on how you want to look at it, but it's certainly it, at the very least, it doesn't warrant the, the outrage being up here when it was always down here for all of these other things. And so yeah. it's like, uh, you know, it, it, and again, the stuff with even with the immigrants, like that's that's like the only thing they have is that he's like this idea that he's dog whistling everybody or something. You know, like I don't even understand. You know, I was watching MSNBC earlier today and I found this really interesting is that they were talking about how there's a lot of uh, fake news being spread online about problems at polling stations just to keep people from voting. Okay. And to me, th- this is one of the big, by the way, one of the big uh, underreported stories that, again, libertarians, you can feel however you want to feel about this, but we should at least be honest about what's going on. But one of the stories that they said that was fake news is that they said that INS agents were waiting at polling stations to a- arrest illegal immigrants. And MSNBC was reporting this and going, this is this is all fake. This is not real. INS isn't at any polling stations. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was like incredible to watch. And I was like, but I thought MSNBC's position is that illegal immigrants don't vote, right? (laughs) Like, isn't that, why would this even be a problem to put this fake news out there if the whole idea, and this is the big thing that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about, but illegal immigrants are voting. They are. They're voting all over. Over the place, Texas, where they where the Texas Democratic Party sent out pre-checked ballots for voter registration that said I am a citizen, and they sent them only to illegal immigrants. Yeah, look, man, you can. I, I know immigration is is an issue that splits a lot of libertarians, and there's people on both sides of it. I myself am am on both sides of it. Like I really do see both sides of the argument. But let's just be honest about what's going on here. The reason why Trump's rhetoric on immigration and separating families has been this huge story. I mean, you know how many people, you know how many people in, in, in America get separated from their families for nonviolent crimes? That's our whole thing. Right, That's yeah. our whole belief system. Our prison population in the entire world. Yes, yes. <laughs> we're right. 5% of the world's population, 25% of the prison yeah. population, imprisoning more of our own people than China or Russia. And basically our whole thing, the whole center of, of our worldview is that People shouldn't be thrown in cages for nonviolent crimes. Like that's basically it. And, and I love that. I love comparing the two of them even even more. So is that you know you've got the prison population, you've got these people that are turned into felons, ripped away, ripped apart from families, and then they go, okay, so now we're going to take you from your family and we're going to take away your rights. And then the immigrants, they go, all right, we're going to make sure you stay together and we're going to give you extra rights and free shit. Right. And they, so and how does that add up? 
So what's going on here? You know, like, why is that? And then you, you, you look at the, the issues that get so much like, you know, um, vitriol spit at you, you know, like you're, you're a Nazi. If you have one of the, if you, and the issues are all of a sudden immigrants yeah. not being allowed into the country. And the other one is voter ID laws. Right. Which, and you know, like, I that's know the real evil thing, right? Of in, in today's modern state in America in 2018, mm-hmm. in the largest state that's ever existed in the history of humanity that imprisons more people, the biggest military ever, our freaking Department of Education has a SWAT team, the EPA has a SWAT team, all these raids, all these things. But the big violation of civil liberties is asking for an ID for people who vote. Yeah. Right? So yeah. what's going on here, man? If there's no ID, and, and which, by the way, if, anytime they do make you show an ID, it's this huge fucking thing because, of course, black people don't have IDs. That's, that's what you're supposed to believe, right? So any, anywhere you don't have an ID, that, that is the majority. Anywhere you need to have an ID is a big story. Most fucking states, most cities, you don't need to have an ID to vote. What do you need? You need an address. Yep. You need an address. And then, by those addresses. and then when you go there, they will ask you to check a box that says that you're a lawful U.S. citizen. Right. But aside from that, there's no... So it's not when Donald Trump says, oh, three million illegals voted, and that's why I lost the popular vote. Yeah, that is a little silly because he has no fucking idea what the actual number is. But a lot of them did vote, man. Yeah, well, also just look at the, you know, the, I love how the census operates. You know, they go door to door and they ask illegal people if they're illegal. Yes, and, it's like, right. and, and how did we even get to the number? What is it like, you know, 10 million are, are here? Yeah. Legally? First off, how stupid are you to say yes to that? Uh, why would you ever say yes? I mean, I got to think even the 10 million are just teenagers fucking with the census people. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then, well, yeah, there's got to be what, five, 10 times that number easily that are. I mean, it's, a, it's insane. It's insane that we would even treat that number as a serious uh, as a serious count. But it's like, okay, fine. Let's just be honest about what's happening. And I get all the arguments on the other side. I'm not for. I want to abolish the Department of Homeland Security. I don't want to expand it. I don't think the Republicans are good and the Democrats are bad. Like I'm not into any of that. But let's just be honest. What's happening when the Democrats are framing the issue this way about uh, immigrants? And about voter ID, it's all about them getting more votes. Of course. That's what it's all about. And I, I, I remember I was listening to your show, and uh, you made an interesting argument, basically just talking about how, you know, how voters can completely change the makeup and why it does matter and why we have to actually have some sort of identification and citizenship involved when you're making voting decisions. I think you're talking about basically like if you have a town council meeting and uh, you, know, you have a vote and you go, okay, well, now we're going to have 50% of the people vote in this election who aren't from here, who have no, haven't paid right. taxes anyway. Yes, I mean, it is, it is an attack on your liberty at that point. You, do, you have to defend what's yours. You've said, I've paid into this. You have not. Why do you get equal opportunity to, to dictate the way that this progress is, is moving forward, which I agree with. And, you know, like you said, I, I, I share your opinion, and I was having a little back and forth. Uh, I didn't get into it with Roger Paxton, who's a completely open borders guy, but it becomes a problem when you've got the welfare state like we do, when you've got the ability to completely change the culture, when you've got the ability to change the, the voting uh, progress that, that's going and, and have this ability where Democrats are completely, we talk about dog whistling. That's the dog whistle, you know, get these people in so they can push forward social programs that we already know that they pre-identify with when they come over. Right. Right. So, and, and it's, it's, you know, I think that, um, Look, if you look at like the great libertarian thinkers of the 20th century, like Murray Rothbard and, and you know, uh, Lou Rockwell and, and Hans Hermann Hoppe and all these people, Tom Woods, like all, all these guys, right? What, they're amazing. And they, they nailed the libertarian philosophy. It's, and, and we love this. We love to go down every little nook and cranny of like, but what if someone's in a hot air balloon and they collide with your skyscraper? And like, what's, who aggressed on who? And, somebody but, owns all the property around it. How are you going to yes. get out? By the way, Walter Block has a three-hour lecture about all that stuff. And it's fascinating. I love it. I am one of these autistic libertarians. <laughs> like, I'm so into this stuff. Um, but what we've always struggled with and this is true for, and by the way, this is true for Re- the Reason Magazine libertarians, the Cato libertarians, all of them, Milton Friedman, all of them. Here's what we really struggle with is how do we get from here to there? Mm. We already kind of figured out what there is. How do we get from here to there? And it, it's a little bit difficult, you know, to, to navigate. But 
you got to start looking at what's going on here and saying, hey, I don't think that's going to help us get from here to there. To just import Democratic voters, I don't think is going to be a good solution. Now, I, I am committed to not advocating anything that violates the non-aggression principle in the process, but it's you know, it's very easy for a lot of these ANCAPs to just look at someone like Stefan Molyneux and go, ah, status, you know? Yeah. And that just kind of rubs me the wrong way where it's like, really, man? Like this guy who's probably done more to, to you know, convert people and wake people up than just about anybody who's alive today, we're going to just call him a status because right. he goes, hey, I don't think this is going to work, man. I don't think this is going to work if we do it this way. And, and you know, his, his argument is basically like if you built a wall, you'd probably be more likely to move in that direction than if you didn't. Yeah. So, and, and I get it. And I think you have to actually take on that argument and, and not just worry that it's like, you know, the, the left wing people, and it's not even like the true left wing people. It's like these democratic, you know, war hawk corporatists who really right. pull all the strings. They've created this narrative where like the worst thing in the world you can ever do is say something insensitive about someone who's not a straight white man. Right. And so then that's the evil. Look, I personally believe if we had the society that me and you want to have, if we had a, a free country and we had a, a culture that promoted freedom and liberty and free markets and all this stuff, I think we could bring in people from all over the place. I think we could. And they, and, but let's get real. That's not what we have. That's not what we have. We have the biggest state in human history and we have a culture that says that capitalism is evil and straight white men are the devil and yada, yada, all, all this shit. So what's going to happen here, man? Yeah. Well, you know, and it's also like I was mentioning culture before there is a definitive kind of a, a coming of loggerheads of people that say, okay, there's the, there's the argument which I agree with that America is a melting pot, right? Great. Agreed. It's a melting pot. However, it does get kind of fucked up when you've got massive amount of people coming from just one sector because yeah. of illegal immigration, wherein, you know, it's not, if we, if we don't have open borders for all, we don't have any number of people coming in from wherever the fuck they want from Italy, from Germany, from where, from Ireland, we have, an enormous amount of people coming in that are exactly of one type of culture. They're coming in en masse. And you can see why people would be very upset about that. Uh, you know, and it doesn't, I'm not saying it's definitely right or wrong, but when you have a culture based upon uh, free markets that's evolved in this manner, that's based upon people interacting, evolving together, free trade, uh, cultural appropriation, God damn it. I, we, have a, we have a country based on cultural appropriation. Yeah. And then you've got this entire segment of the population that says, Number one, you can't culturally appropriate. And if you're in Portland and open a fucking burrito stand and you're two white chicks, we're going to shut you down. Right. I'm saying we want to import mass amount of voters. And that's going to completely alter the cultural landscape of the country and completely alter how we view liberty, how we view fucking basic rights and how we view you know, free markets. So how is it not a threat to these people that said, say, let them all in? I mean, like, the cat right. right now is, is scary in that, in that manner because it's setting a precedent if you fucking let them in. Right. And like, uh, like just to what I was saying before about I've been watching MSNBC all day and they're sitting there going like, you know, well, by the way, nobody ever you'd think they were like Dixiecrat Klansmen. I mean, no one ever breaks down people by race more than these guys do on an election day. It's unbelievable. It's just <laughs> but they're sitting there going like, well, will the white women come through? That's really what oh. it's about, because we've given up on white men. White yeah. men obviously are going to vote for Trump, but so the white women, will they come through? And the black women have been doing great, but will white women? And it's just a given that that bigger government is the correct answer. But yeah. it does kind of beg the question, if you're, for, if you're for smaller government, then how are you not at some point going to turn that around and mm -hmm. go, okay, so maybe all I really want is white men to vote? Because the <laughs> truth is, we'd have a much smaller government. Now, I understand that's politically incorrect to yeah. say, but look, that's just the fucking truth of it. And I don't care about voting rights. I don't care about that right. I care about natural rights of all people. Mm -hmm. But voting is not a natural right. So it's like, I don't know. I want, I want people to vote for whoever would vote for liberty. If there was a law I could pass tomorrow that said only libertarians could vote, I would, and I was in charge of that, I would pass that in a second. If there's one libertarian listening to this, tell me that you wouldn't pass that law. Oh, totally. And the good news is we'd only have to have the vote one time. Yeah. Society be fixed that we could get rid of all the voting. There we go. And now, <laughs> now there's no more problems. <laughs> exactly. And then you have to cancel your podcast. <laughs> yeah, I might have to. Or just, you know, I'd have to morph it into something else. Right, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the Dr. Spock baby time Christian consumer. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, can you, every God, I, I, I'm 
I'm starting to have, I think I'm going to try to have a baby with my wife just because you talk about babies so often. I'm like, I don't know if I can listen to this podcast anymore. I just talk to this goddamn baby all the time. You might have to. That's my new rule is only, only parents. Can listen okay. To the yeah. Once I'm a parent and then I can start lecturing. <laughs> By else. the way, uh, so before we get off the caravan topic, how much do you think the, the Democrats were just begging for the caravan somehow to make it to the border? And then just like, come on. Come on, Trump, have that military start mowing him down. Like, I'm surprised they weren't shipping him to the border, just hoping that Trump was going to kill one of them so they could get a big boost and have media coverage out the ass. Yeah. And of course, by the way, I did, I, I will I, I, I tend to agree with you, but I did think that was really stupid for Trump mm-hmm. to say that we're going to shoot people if they throw rocks. I mean, that's, that's a really I mean, stupid thing. What are we, what are we Israel? But it is, right, right. But it is, <laughs> but it, what, right. But it was like a weird, it, you know, it just creates this weird dynamic where they're like, you know, you just see these things on like CNN.com. I saw this article. It's like Trump, you know, wants to shoot at nonviolent uh, people passing through. And it's like, well, I mean, he did say if they throw rocks, so it's not like they're completely nonviolent. But I did think that was stupid. And I think that the, the caravan, you know, was ultimately, I think it probably worked out better for Trump and the Republicans than it did for the Democrats. Yeah. Uh, so if George Soros was paying for it, I think it was a stupid thing to pay for it. But it's just like 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 uh, my buddy Owen Benjamin, who I know you you've talked to yeah, before. Love he he loves you guys, um, and he uh, you know it's like he says a lot. Like we're living an upside down world, mm-hmm. and and that's more or less what it is. But it's like you know we're we're just you know it's like even the stuff with George Soros, where like he comes up and and someone will be like, yeah, but didn't he help like round up Jews during the Holocaust? And they're like, no, that's just what anti Semites say. And they're like, <laughs> there's an interview of him talking about it, like. Talking about you're you're literally going to the tell me are the ones that recorded him doing that. Yes, like <laughs> what are you what are you talking about? But it's the yeah. same thing with the caravan. It's like, look, man, it it for libertarians, it does force you to deal with the reality where you're like, hey, let's say we live in perfect and Capistan. Let's say it's all private property, and and a few thousand people just show up onto your property. Right. What are you going to do? Like, I try to take it down to like a more personal level where I just go, well, like, like, what if five homeless people just show up tonight at my home? Yeah. Like where I've got my pregnant wife here and it's like my home. Like, what if they just show up here? What, what, it, is it just on me that I have to let them in? Violently, you know, well, yeah, avoid sure. on your couch. they're going to eat your food. Yeah. Let's just say they're not violent. I'm not saying they're horrible people. They have, a, they had a way tougher life than I've had. Okay. Granted all that, but you know, maybe they don't have the same customs that I have. Maybe they don't live exactly the same way I do. Like they, you know, and it's like, besides that, it's like, I just, I'm not risking that. Like, I, I don't know. And and maybe I should do something for them. I'm okay with that. Like, maybe I should. Maybe it's like we have to find something. Like, well, maybe I need to uh, voluntarily do something for them. And that's sure. The that we're hitting sure. Right now. It's not voluntary. You know, you've got this massive welfare state. They're coming in. They're automatically, uh, you know, entitled to this piece of it just by virtue of being here. And we're all at the point of a gun being forced to pay for it. Right. And, you know, pri- people always mock libertarians to thinking private charity will take care of it. But this shit does take care of it. You know, you see a need, you address the need. And by expanding the welfare state, all you see is more people abuse it. You see the growth of government behind it. And you see the, just, I mean, you look at every single government program. And this is what I always tell people, especially in California, when trying to win people over and say, like, how do you talk to people that are progressives? Like trying to keep the end goal in mind of saying, look, we all want human betterment, right? We all want people to be happy and thrive and economically prosperous. But when you look at the actual tactics involved and the amount of money spent, you see the government gets worse every time you put more money into it and the results stay the same. California's had the same poverty rate for the exact, I mean, it's something run, you know, 30% poverty rate or something like that. It's like the highest in the country and they keep putting more money into it. Does nothing, fucking nothing. Same thing with homelessness. I mean, look at San Francisco, look at Seattle, look at LA millions and millions of dollars invested. Homeless rate keeps going up. Yeah. Yeah. It's something else. Right. And, and you know, it's, and the, the flip sides of that to the, the, the other side of the same coin of the argument that you're making is that what the state does it is, is it allows everyone to absolve themselves of their own personal responsibility and just just feel like they're virtuous because they advocate this policy that everybody else has to follow. So it's like, oh, well, private charity would never take care of the immigrants. It's like, well, I don't know. All you people who hate Trump, there seem to be a lot of you, right? Aren't you talking about how Hillary won the popular vote and we're going to come out and there's going to be a blue wave tonight, supposedly? It's like, okay, well, how about all of you just like 
How about all of you donate a tenth of your income right. or toward these people? Pass the hat at the, at the fucking women's rallies. Take $5 each. You can play for Planned plan, ah, plan Parenthood and all the immigrants. Pretty much all right there. It's all done. Yeah. Well, that's, that to me was always the best example of that was the Planned Parenthood stuff where they, you know, they're always like the big fear is that Republicans are going to cut funding for Planned Parenthood. But then you see those women's marches and it's hundreds of thousands of people right. out there. And it's, it's like $500 million a year that Planned Parenthood like, gets from like the a, government. Percent of their, but not even 10% of their budget or something like that. It's no, it's like if, if everyone, if everyone who voted for Hillary Clinton kicks in 20 bucks, they got it. Like that, that's it. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're getting, we're like 10 more minutes left. So I told, I'd keep it to an hour. So we're not here. Uh, even though I'm having fun. It's always fun. Um, where are we at? What's what's MSNBC saying? Where, where's the, uh, the house? Cause I had, I had made a bold prediction, which is probably gonna be wrong that I actually thought that between the Brett Kavanaugh stuff and the, the secret United fervor of Republicans that they would actually not only keep the House, but possibly gain seats. Now, that might be brutally wrong, but that was my guess. And uh, granted, we still have a lot of states to go. All right. Well, I'm just looking and seeing things that uh, are flashing by, and it seemed like they, they were just saying Ted Cruz is down by a couple points. I don't yeah. know. I, it, it flashed over that, and I'm not sure what, uh, how much of the vote is in. The next polls seem to be closing at 9 p.m., but if Ted Cruz ends up losing in Texas, yeah, that's that true. would be that would be uh, that. Then, then maybe there is a blue wave. <laughs> I have a theory on that, though. I think that Texas is not Texas anymore because yeah. all these people from New York City and from LA are fleeing the high cost of living, and you know where they're going is Texas. And and you know from where <laughs> else? From <laughs> Mexico, <laughs> my friend. Exactly. That's right. So that that, by the way, is the thing that people like uh, like Pat Buchanan. And um, and and people like that have been talking about for a long time is that yeah. Texas flipping blue is really where all this shit uh, changes. Yeah. But um, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to tell right now. Yeah, it's still uh, it's, it's still early. I was you know it's like one of those things. I was like, I don't want to you know we don't record at ten o'clock at night your time, and, uh, and then I have no time to edit the podcast. Anyway, since it's going out on Wednesday morning, so none of no we have no product. Wow, my wife's coming in showing me she ordered pizza. Excellent. It's a good that's one. That's never a bad. That's not a bad one. So no matter who wins. You're a podcaster. Jeez. No matter what happens tonight, you're winning. That's, that's the point. Exactly. It doesn't matter who's got what portion of the pie politically. <laughs> the pie physically. Um, but yeah, man, exactly like right. you're saying. Like, if, and if Texas goes, that's a huge deal. Just like California, you got the two biggest states. If those flip, if, they, if the Democrats manage to import all these votes, then that's over. That's your that's yeah. your supermajority. But the, the truth is, future. and and this is the truth. And here's like to the other um, side of it is that all that is probably over already because it's yeah. going to happen. So I don't. And this is why I don't. You know, just to give the other side of the open border libertarians more of like you know, <laughs> let me calm them down if they're starting to think I'm a status now too. It is already over. And I don't, if you want to start up some mass deportation state or build a wall or all this shit, what you're going to end up doing is creating the nightmare that you're afraid of having from importing third world voters everywhere. The truth is we've, we're already past the point. We may have had like, I think Ron Paul in 1988 might've been the point where like we could have saved this whole thing. Yeah. We're already, we're living on borrowed time at this point. And the only real answer is for this whole thing to break up or have some type of collapse uh, like the I'm Soviet Union. for secession. Every, every time I hear California breaking up, I root for anywhere, anywhere that wants to break up. I'm yeah, for for it. And uh, all right, one last uh, topic, libertarians, obviously this is not the gold wave we would have hoped for. Uh, <laughs> not quite not quite there although i'm hoping larry sharp man I, i'm predicted larry gets seven percent i i hope i hope he gets that high but uh, yeah. i hope at least he, he can overtake the uh the gop uh candidate but well, i mean what do you think 2020 you know we're, we're a long way off but 2020 do you think we'll see the first actual libertarian house or senate member i think i i, I don't know i mean you know it's possible. It's all about who the candidate is. I, I yep. don't, my, my thing has never been defined by winning office. That's yeah. not so much what I'm concerned about. And no, I don't think that's, goal. yeah, we have to, win yes, the goal yeah. that's the only, that's the only chance. And it's not even like, 
I don't even think you're going to win the culture. I think what you can do is what Ron Paul did. And that's like, get the, you know, you can embarrass other people, kind of poke holes in what they're saying, introduce people to the philosophy, introduce people to the Mises Institute and the work of all these great people, get people thinking about the war, get the wars, I should say. Um, and, and that, to me, that's what it's all about. So I would love, it, it's like, this is the thing that the LP like has never understood. And what I think a lot of the newer members, like myself included, understand is that since you're going to lose anyway, why not be right about everything? Like, yeah, why not? Yeah. And I think this is more or less what I said to you that, that helps push you over to the ANCAP <laughs> no, side. Like, more or less. It's like, since you're not going to win anyway, why not just be right about this? Why yeah. not? You know, what you're like, you know, it's like. <laughs> it was that. And it was also the concept of, you know, it, why try to meet in the middle? Because they're not going to, they're not going to agree with you anyway. So go right. full bore and then. They can then you, they can come back and maybe you meet they maybe they'll meet you in the middle more. So why why abandon my own principles? Go full bore, full fucking ANCAP, and then maybe more towards me. Yeah, and you can still kind of meet in the middle. You can be like, yeah. well, this is what I believe, but I'll compromise on this. But at least like say what you believe. And I just I, to me it's it's crazy, especially after the Ron Paul movement where you just saw thousands of young people like so, you know no no disrespect to. Um, the Lions of Liberty, or myself, or <laughs> Mance Raider, or any of these other guys. But it's crazy to me that we're it. Like, yeah. really, we're it? Are we the, the best that we got out of that? Like, there's not somebody else. I'm not asking for, like, Jesus. Just no. somebody who can get up there and articulate the message. And, you know, just well, like... Look, like bro, I think either of us would be a fantastic uh, candidate, but I think we both have too many skeletons in our closet. You know, you stand-up yeah. comedy, there's too many clips that people can take and just be like, well, you know, you're, you're done before you even step up stage. Then again, Trump is fucking president, so what do I know? Well, that is true. Yeah, but I do Legion <laughs> of Skanks. There's a lot of stuff that they'd be like, oh, uh, was that? Oh, were man. you laughing at retards for 20 minutes? And I have to go, yes, yes, yes I was. Yeah, um, it well, seems retards were laughing time. too, but they laugh at everything. Yeah, they, they were. It goes, in, in my defense, it, it seemed funny at the time. I don't know. But. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, I, I, you know, I just, one more thing on, uh, on that, talking about, you know, poking holes in it and mocking people. That's, that's one thing. And, you know, I just, like I said, this Liberty on the Rocks event, um, I thought we were going to do a group podcast like we had done when you were there. And uh, that was wrong. So I had to, you know, do a, a talk for like 20 minutes. And I was like, yeah, like drunk Saturday night beforehand. Like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? But I, you know, that was, I was like, we need to take, you know, libertarians have a perfect position to own mockery. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're the most objective. We've got principled positions and we've got people, which, you know, some of us are, you know, down the autistic rabbit hole for sure, but we've got enough funny people, man, like start mocking these assholes. The left doesn't own mockery and we know they can't take a joke because they can't take that NPC thing, which is hilarious by the way. Oh yeah. It's great. Uh, it's brilliant. And the fact that they started banning it tells you that that hit so close to home that they just completely lost their minds. Yeah, there's something really, really interesting about that. That was like the most brilliant meme oh, mocking so, so uh, of all. And, and because that is, and, and the reason why it hit so close to home is because that's literally what they count on. They yeah. count on you being that. They're like, no, 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 our whole thing is you're supposed to just repeat the thing and never really critically look at this, yep. never really critically think about this or what this, you know, so that, that's it. But that's the stuff that also is the essence of why they want to um, regulate the internet, why they want to kick people off of, uh, of, of social media and all this stuff. You know, they say like, oh, we want to kick Alex Jones off because of like hate speech. Oh, yeah, hate speech. Really? The biggest conspiracy <laughs> theorist ever who's never mentioned the Jews he is a hate speech. <laughs> you could not ask for any better out of anyone. The guy is literally saying lizard people are going to kill all of humanity. And yeah, he's, never, he's never once mentioned. He's the only conspiracy theorist on that level who's not like a, a hateful person. It's like, but, well. But the, but the people that are hateful, Jew, hate, you know, the people that are actually anti-Semites with the conspiracy theories, they're still out there. They're, no, they'll, yeah, they get primetime spots on the news. <laughs> they love those guys. They want, because they want that to be the, the Trump uh, yeah, exactly. supporters, you know, like that's, so it's like, no, that's not what's going on. What, here's what's going on. Alex Jones has a huge audience 
of people who love Donald Trump and yeah. own fucking guns. Yep. That's what's going on. Oh, did you say something about Sandy Hook? Really? That's why they banned him in 2018? <laughs> because he said something about the Sandy Hook shooting that he took back a long time ago? Right. It's like, no, we, we got to start seeing what's really going on here. And, and like you said, make fun of all of it. I don't know. Spread the message, like Ron Paul always said. Well, what else maybe. can we do? Well, conspiracy theory on uh, Alex Jones. I think that Alex Jones, just like you ever see that Mel Gibson movie where he's a conspiracy theory guy? Yeah, yeah. With, uh, with, with what's her name? Um, not, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, right. So he hits on, you know, he's got tinfoil around his house. He hits on one. He's got a newsletter he puts out, you know, once a week. But he hits on one conspiracy that's true. And the government's like, we got to fucking kill this motherfucker. I yeah. think that's Alex Jones got one thing right. He got some, maybe it's the gay frogs. I don't know. But what, he got one of them right. And the government was like, nope, he's done. Well, to be fair, he's got a lot of them right. <laughs> yeah, true. He has. All right, dude, this is awesome. Uh, you know, I, I said part of the problem, I think most people know you, but tell them about your podcast, tell them about any shows you got coming up, where they can find you, view you, everything else. Yeah, man. Uh, part of the problem, Legion of Skanks, uh, my special comedy special, Libertas, all available at gasdigitalnetwork.com, all that stuff. That's fine. Beautiful. And uh, do you, are you, so you're working on another special right now? You're, you're I'm working on it. I'm, I'm figuring out over the next month or so, I'll figure out. I might put out an album or another special, but it, either way, 2019, there'll, there'll, be another, uh, there'll be another piece of work from me. All right. Well, I, well there'll be several pieces of work, a baby <laughs> and a special. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the question is, which one will resonate sale. with libertarians more? That's right. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. Well, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time out on this election eve. I'll let you return to watching, and uh, as will I, as I eat pizza with my wife who's conveniently interrupted this podcast that, that sounds good man always a pleasure to talk to you brian be good brother i uh, will do all right guys so from me from dave smith uh want to remind you guys to listen to mark claire on mondays listen to me wednesdays listen to john Odermatt on felony fridays and uh for me brian mcwilliams from the lions of liberty and from electric liberty land always stay plugged into liberty